seen, were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sands which is by the sea shore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed them that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in a heavenly Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now we all know, of Hebrews 11, it's called the Great Faith Chapter. And I love just it says, by faith, by faith, by faith. And Numbers 23 and verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Has God given you a promise? We have a book full of promises that God has, God has given us and said that he will do for us and be to us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. A book full of promises. And maybe specifically he has given you a personal promise, maybe regarding your family, maybe a situation in your life, maybe a job, maybe a partner. Let me ask you tonight, God is God a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind? Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? How you answer that 
It's going to describe what your faith is. It's going to describe where your, who your faith is in. We say, has he said? And he's given us these promises and we can say yes. And then it says, and will he not do it? And sometimes we say, I'm not sure. Has he spoken it? And we can say clearly yes. And will he not fulfill it? I'm not sure. Our answers to God's promises must be a resounding yes. A resounding yes. You have said it and you will do it. You have spoken and you will fulfill. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall return unto me, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. It shall, it shall, it shall. God's word to you and I regarding his promises. I shall. I shall do it for you. I will. Yes and amen. God can't be trusted tonight. And this is what this message is all about by faith. We can put our trust in God. We can put our trust in God because he has said it and he will do it. He is not a man that he should lie. Let me ask you the question. Do you want to please God? Do I want to please God? My answer is yes. And I believe your answer is yes. But it says, but it is impossible to please him without faith. I'm not giving you a message where name it and claim it. But I'm giving you a message that says you can trust God because he has said it. Faith, believing God, pleases God. It says, by faith Noah, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receiving inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing where he went. The faith that pleases God is the faith that obeys God. It's the action of it that pleases God. God, you have said it, and you will do it, and I will obey. I will do what you tell me to do. By faith, Enoch, he had the testimony that he pleased God. And before we go on, everyone in this chapter were ordinary men and women. Don't get it in their heads that these were supermen and superwomen who had it all. They were ordinary men and women like you and I. And that's the encouraging thing. You don't have to be a special person. You just have to be a person who trusts God. 
who believes his word when he speaks it. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. We say, God, but I hear you. But with our actions and our thoughts and our words, really what we're saying is, I don't trust you, Lord. I don't trust you. But the faith that pleases God, that he wants us to, is, is the actions that, 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 that line up with his word. It says, yes, and this is, I'm going to put my life in place to believe this. You know, our feelings will come and go. Our affections will come and go. Our circumstances will come and go. And many's the time these determine our trust. They determine our trust in God. But God is greater than all of these. He's greater than our affections. He's greater than our feelings. He's greater than our flesh. He's greater than the world. And he's greater than the devil. And they all three will fight us. But God is not a man that he should lie. What he says he will do. And that's why it displeases God when we don't trust him. Because his character is under attack when we do that. When someone attacks your character, your good name, you get all offended and insulted. And how much more God, when he speaks to us and says, here's my promise to you, and we don't trust him. And he becomes insulted. That's why it's impossible to please him without faith. Hebrews 10, 22 and 23 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. For he is faithful that promised. Definite words there. A true heart, full assurance, holding fast without wavering. For he is faithful, I promised. We can trust God. We can rely upon God. How faithful is God's word? How faithful is God's word? It's said there, for he is faithful, that promised. For he is faithful, that promised. God's promises never die. God's promises never die. Remember, his words don't return unto him void. They accomplish what he sends them forth to do. And in verse 11 and 12 of Hebrews there, it says, Through faith also Sarah, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. We know this story well. Abraham and Sarah. Abraham's 100 and Sarah's 90. But God has promised him a son. God has promised him a son. He says to Abraham, you will have a son from your wife. At 90. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible, humanly. Humanly impossible. 
That's why it says, therefore springing out even one of him as good as dead. But the promise didn't die. The promise still remained. It says she was delivered of a child when she was past age. And him as good as dead. It was the mo- it looked the most impossible thing. And in the, sh- in the humanity and the natural, it was impossible. But all humanity is subject to God's word. All humanity is subject to God's word. He has the last word. She was delivered of a child, the promised child. And God said in Genesis 17, says, And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and you shall call his name Isaac. It says in Genesis 18, it tells the story of how God came to Sarah and Abraham, and he said that Sarah would have a child. I say she laughed. And then God says the words, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Take these questions to yourself tonight. Is anything too hard for the Lord? So what about your promise? What about God's promise to us, to you and to I? What does it look like? Is it still fresh in your heart? Is it still fresh in your mind? Has it been a while? Does it look dead? In the natural? Does it look totally impossible? Does it look, how could this ever happen? Maybe with your family, they seem a million miles from God. Maybe with a situation and work, it seems so, so bad. It's not impossible for God. God's promises will not die. If we walk with him and we trust him and we believe him, he will fulfill it. For he is faithful that promised. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for him? It will happen. I'm not telling you that tonight. That's the promise of God. It will happen. It will come to pass. The situation will be sorted because he is for us and not against us. What comes against us, he raises up the standard and he will sort it. What does your promise look like? Is anything too hard for the Lord? For God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? God will fulfill your promise. Because he is faithful that has promised. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Yes and amen. Amen in simplest terms means so be it. Such definite words. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. To your promise from God is yes and amen. Definite words. And we need to be definite in our response to God's promises. When God came to Abraham and says, get up, leave your country, and I'm going to take you to a country. I'm going to lead you and guide you. 
And Abraham left. His answer to God's promise was, yes, I agree with you, God. When he came to Noah, build an ark. I'm going to judge the earth. Noah started to build. Noah says, yes, I agree with you, God. I agree with you. This is going to come to pass. Look at Moses in chapter 11. Verse 23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Look what Moses done. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ's greatest, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses says, I'm going to follow you, God. And it looks like I'm going to lose all of this. I'm going to lose my riches. I'm going to lose my possession. I'm going to lose everything. But he wasn't ashamed. He chose rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He knew there was a greater reward in trusting God. He acted upon it. He had a definite reaction. He says, I'm going to go with God. I'm going to trust God for he is faithful to promise. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, verse 13, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Three things there. Just mention them briefly. They were persuaded of them. When you're persuaded of something, you're convinced. They were convinced. And we can be convinced because when we see the character of the one who promised we can be persuaded. We can be convinced. For he is faithful who promised. Are you persuaded tonight that God will fulfill the promise? Are you persuaded tonight that it will come to pass? It says they embraced them. That means they just enfolded of the arms. They enfolded in their arms. They grabbed the promise and they weren't letting go. This is mine. If God has promised you, then it is yours. Embrace it tonight. Nothing less will come to me, for God has promised. I am persuaded of the one who promised. I receive your promise, God. I embrace it with my heart, with my mind, with my spirit. For all the promises of God are yes and amen. And then it says they confessed. They declared God's promise. They were persuaded. They embraced it. And they weren't afraid to confess it. They confessed that God would fulfill it. That God would come through for them. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They confessed that they lived by a different system a different mindset, a different spirit, 
not, not subject any longer to a fallen world. And if we're going to trust God, we're going to live in a different system. Because this world system says it's impossible. But God's system says it is possible. We're going to have to think differently. We're going to have to act differently. We're going to have to look differently. They confess that I belong to God. I take his word as my standard. I am persuaded of him. I embrace him and I confess him. He is my hope, my strong deliverer. He is the lifter of my head. He is my strong tower. He is my savior. Paul said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For I am persuaded. God wants us to be persuaded tonight that we can trust him. Not just this message encouraging you, Tickling you for a wee while. But an impartation of God's faith. That we can trust him. And it will come to pass. We follow a different leader. We march to a different drum. We set our affections on things above. It says they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know people do say the phrase that you're so heavenly minded. That you're no earthly good. I think that's nonsense. Because when we get to know God, we're really, really useful to the earth. Because we know God's heart and we know God's mind. And we can fulfill God's plan in this earth. We need to be more heavenly minded. It says they were straight, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And I think the problem is, and, and Pastor preached this morning, I think just confirms it to a degree. We're not strange enough to the things of the earth. We're strangers to the things of God. And I gotta be honest there too. I don't want to be a stranger to the ways of God. I want to be a stranger to the ways of this earth to the things of this earth. We're too strange to God and his ways. We talk, we read the Bible and we, we say there are great miracles and this is what this, this chapter is talking about. By faith, these people received because they trusted God. They weren't strangers to God. They knew God. And I want to encourage us to, to get to know God. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then it says, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you want your faith to grow? Do you want to trust him more? Then we need to seek him. We need to seek his face. Then we won't be strange to him. We won't be strange to his ways. Our faith will increase, and we say, yes. God will do this because we are getting to know him. His character says yes and amen to the promises. You know, this is a great danger if we're strange to the things of God. It says in verse 15, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. 
There's a decision comes when we, when we say we're going to trust God. God comes with a promise, and we have a decision to make. <coughs> the people in the wilderness, Moses led them out of Egypt. And just listen to some of the things they've said. You know these well. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us to die in the wilderness? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is that that thou brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what is become of him. What was the problem here? The people were mindful of where they had come from. They were mindful of where God had brought them from. God had delivered them from captivity. He had delivered them from their chains and their bondage. But in their minds, they were still thinking about it. They were still trapped, looking back to their sin. We were better off then. We don't need this trouble. But they were mindful. And this is where we need to trust God. And we need to move away from the things of the past. We need to move away from the things that we're still dabbling in. We're looking back and thinking, in our old lives, Things that are still holding on to us. Things that we're still attracted to. Listen, we need to turn our minds to him. We need to turn our minds to God. And say, God, I'm going to trust you from this day forth. I'm going to let these things go. These people should have been in the promised land in 11 days. And yet it took them 40 years. Why? Because they were mindful of the past. They were mindful. They couldn't move forward because their minds were set on the past. Their minds were set on their old lives. The Bible says the old man is gone. Let him go. Let him go. The new man has come that will lead us into blessing, that will lead us into the promise of God. If we're mindful of the past, it will only get in the way. It will only stop the promise coming. What are we mindful of? What are we mindful of? What ties do we have to our old lives? What pieces of the old nature are we holding on to? What mind is in us? What mind is leading us? Turn with me to First Corinthians 2. We're almost through. Just reading from verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. 
But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. If you're in this building tonight and you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Again, pastor spoke this morning about man's wisdom that turns away from the word of God, that, that rejects the word of God. But we have the mind of Christ. We can trust him because the spirit witnesses to us and shows us the truth and tells us that these things are right. We have the mind of Christ. Let the old man go. Let the old man go. God wants us to have his mind Imagine having the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ. Having his wisdom, his grace, his faith, his knowledge, understanding that he has given to us. And we haven't tapped into that. And if we have, it's very little at the moment, but we want more of the mind of Christ. As we have the mind of Christ, the promises of God will just fall into place. They will come upon us that quick. We're thinking, what is happening here? Because we're thinking like we're thinking like Christ. The Bible says, for, not let, for let not that man that thinks that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're up, you're down, you're in, you're out. And we've all been there at some stage or another. But we want to be sound. No wavering, holding fast to the promises of God. The Bible says, set your affections on things above, not on, not on things on earth. We, God wants us to lift our, our minds. God wants us to lift our eyes. God wants us to lift our thoughts to have the mind of Christ. You know, we pray in the situations and you come to the prayer meeting and there's a great flow going. And then there's just that place where you cross over and you start to see as God sees. And you start to pray with fervor and passion and, and desire. And you can almost see it. It's hard to describe, but I know you, you, you'll understand. You can almost see it. You've stepped over into something. You've come into agreement with God. I says, God, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. Why? Because we've got our eyes on Christ. 
and we're starting to see it from his perspective. We're actually starting to see in our mind's eye what we're praying for coming to pass because the Spirit of God is showing us. We've stepped into the mind of Christ. We've got into agreement with him and we can see it. And we can see those promises and we can just agree with God. And God wants us to be there at all times, trusting him, holding on to him and saying, God, you are going to do this. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Is God going to fulfill your promise? Yes. As we move in him and trust in him, he is going to give you your promise. And we're going to see things that we never even thought would could entertain. And it's going to happen in ways that we never even thought. The Bible says, can a nation be changed in one day? The answer is yes. Can your promise come to pass in one day? In the twinkling of an eye? Yes, it can. Because when God says, it'll happen. And his word never returns to him void. Be encouraged tonight. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to please him through faith. Just to encourage you tonight. I know you've heard a lot of this before. But the Spirit is saying it afresh. And we need to grasp it. And say, God, you are going to fulfill your promise to me. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we want to be a people who please you. Who please you in faith because we trust you, Lord. Lord, we see your character tonight. You're not a man, Lord. You are God Almighty. The Bible says that you are God and that no man counsels you. That all your, 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 your ways and everything that you do is true and it is right. And Lord, you have spoken promises to us from your word. You've spoken individual promises to your people here tonight, Lord. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen them afresh, Lord God, with them, Lord. Lord, let faith arise in their hearts, Lord. Fill your people with faith tonight, Lord. Lord, not faith that demands selfish desires, but the faith that seeks your glory, your plans, and your will. Lord, give them faith that moves mountains. Pour out your faith upon your people tonight, Lord. The faith that moves mountains. Pour out your faith upon them that, that they may subdue kingdoms, that makes righteousness, that obtains promises, that stops the mouths of lands, that quenches the violent fire, that is, that escapes the edge of the sword, that out of weakness comes strength, that waxes valiant in the fight. Lord, that there be no turning back in the fight, that causes armies to flee, that causes the dead to be raised, that in the midst of troubles, 
there is a rejoicing in you. Lord, we need your faith tonight. We need your faith tonight, Lord God. Pour out your faith upon us tonight, Lord, that we would trust you, Lord, no matter what, Lord. Lord, the natural has nothing against you, Lord. It can't stop your promise, Lord God. Lord, just help us to see it, Lord, that we may stand strong, Lord, that we may declare plainly the promises of our God. Lord, the world would say they won't happen. Lord, other, other people would say that they won't happen, Lord. But Lord, we want to be a people of faith, Lord, that says our God is faithful and his promises will come to pass. Lord, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, Lord, for all that you've done for us, for all that you're doing for us, and for all that you're going to do for us, Lord. Lord, we worship you tonight. We glorify you tonight, Lord God, for who you are. We put our trust in you, Lord. We put our trust in you. For you are faithful that promised. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Encourage your people tonight, Lord. All your promises are yes and amen for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.